Welcome to the Littler Labor and Employment Podcast, conversations about employment and labor law issues that impact the workplace. Hello, my name is Cheryl Colombo, and I am a shareholder at Littler's Miami office. And I'm going to be talking about cybersecurity threats and the role of human resources. With the increasing threat to organizations from data breaches, which are often in the news, unfortunately, human resources is playing a more critical role in prevention and minimizing these risks from cyber theft. So during this podcast, the issues that I'm going to address concern cybersecurity, uh, workforce challenges in data protection, and the use of policies, training, and employee education, which are designed to protect private and sensitive data. And this often circles back to human resources as not only serving as the gatekeeper for some of this information, but also being on the front lines with respect to policies and procedures and enforcement and education when it comes to a lot of company uh, issues and employment laws, but also with respect to cybersecurity. And by way of background, uh, we've heard about these data breaches and how they've infected many corporations, everything from email hacking to compensation of executives, credit card information, among many others. Uh, but while these issues seem to pertain to you know, IT, they're not solely related to IT because they're increasingly becoming human resources concern as well. As mentioned, the HR can become a gatekeeper for a lot of this information, as well as helping to prevent breaches from occurring. Some of the reported breaches have involved employee records as opposed to consumer-focused information. An example would be you know, health records uh, versus credit card information. And with respect to health records, uh, hackers like the health records because that information is not typically recycled like, like a credit card number. And the information has dates of birth and, and social security numbers and, and private information of that sort that, that doesn't change. So from outside the organization, there there can be threats that include phishing attacks or spoofing. When I say phishing, that's P-H-I-S-I-N-G. This is something of recent. Where an email header is forged so that the message appears to have originated from someone else that would have a reason to seek private data. And, of course, I'm talking about you know, an inside job. And people's names and often their information, such as emails, can be obtained from a website. So somebody poses as though their, their email, say, is coming from the CFO, and that person is requesting a list of WT, uh, employee W-2 data, for example. That information is then sent over, whether it's from HR or benefits, payroll or, or whatnot, 
And from there, there are numerous false tax returns filed. So that, that is one example of what could occur from inside the organization or appearing as though it occurred, occurred from inside the organization versus outside the organization when it really did occur from, from without, but you know, it appeared as though it was coming from uh, within from somebody that would have a reason to obtain this information. So uh, cyber attacks can also involve employee misuse and insider privilege. And in these types of situations, you could have an employee that, for example, leaves his or her laptop open and available from, from which anyone can get on the laptop and obtain private information that the employee has access to and then use that information as, as identity theft. And that, that does happen. And when any of these data breaches occur, it, it goes without saying, there are significant costs associated with a breach. Those costs can include legal costs, uh, hiring hiring lawyers, defending lawsuits, uh, the energy expended with staffing dealing with with a breach, uh, administrative costs usually translate into lowered production by having to deal with data breach issues. There could be media coverage, which can be very detrimental to a corporation. And then, of course, there's employee morale uh, for, for those affected and who now are very distrustful about providing their information to, to their employer and you know, will have concern for some time down the pike as to whether or not somebody has hacked their information and is filing false tax returns or getting into their bank accounts and or you know identity theft so there there's a lot of issues that can arise from a breach of of data that not in all cases but in many instances could have been protected if there were just better policies and procedures as well as anticipation as to how protected data should have been better protected, if you will, and by realizing that it that it could be hacked and developing policies and procedures around that p- potential event. So human resources can certainly help employees understand as well what information qualifies as, sen- as, as sensitive and provide for regular training to employees on these security procedures and also the employees' roles in making sure that they're protecting sensitive information. So in addition to employee training, some best practices, which includes training, but it, it also in, in addition to training, can involve an audit, for example, a self-audit, to make sure that the policies in place are effective and or may need to be updated. But as as, as part of of the policies and procedures and perhaps an audit, a company should look, and typically this might be HR working with with IT, but who who has access to private data? And are the employees, as mentioned, are they educated 
on what the company's expectations are as to how they handle that private data. And are those expectations reduced to writing, such as in an employee handbook? Uh, you want to look at who has access to networks with passwords and the use of outsider mobile devices. And when those mobile devices are being used, does the employee or employees you know, have complete access to get into the system via, via the, the network? Also, are there policies that deal with leaving sensitive documents or data in workplaces or out in the open? Are employees required to lock their doors? That would be an example if an employee has protected information. I've seen many situations where HR typically locks their door and the HR manager is, is not in, the door is locked because that's the company policy. And the HR office contains employee files and or passwords and a lot of payroll um, benefit information, a lot of protected data. Also, are there policies with respect to disposal of sensitive data? Is there a shredding machine? Are employees required to shred documents? That needs to be looked at as well. Encryption of documents or water spotting, as they call it. It has different names. But um, are, are those being used when, when private data is transposed between offices or even outside the office? And is that addressed anywhere? When computers are are old, they're being discarded, phones are being recirculated to other employees, and I'm talking about company hardware, is all data being removed before it's being recirculated? Are firewalls involved, and are, are those checked as to the effectiveness for sensitive information? Are there regular backups that can prevent loss of data? And are the backups being done? Are networks secure? And who has access to those networks? And an example would be the payroll department. Who has, who has access to, to that network? And is that being policed or, or monitored? And when an employee asks for, let's say, around tax time, can't find a copy of their W-2, contacts the payroll department, says, can you please send me a copy of the W-2, or can you send that to my tax advisor? Is that information being sent in a protected format as a, as a secure document, or is it just being sent as a PDF across the wires? I would suggest that it be sent in a protected format. Uh, laptops, uh, as mentioned, that, that is an issue with the uh, security of laptops not being enforced. There was a pretty significant data breach case where a doctor had left a laptop open and information that was on that laptop was available to somebody who used it for major data theft as to patient information. So security laptops, other mobile devices when unattended, are passcodes required or not? 
And, and, and if they're not, should they be? And then is there cyber training programs within the organization? Are the IT people looking at the, these cyber issues? Is HR working with IT? Are they making sure that you know, they have the best protocols in place? And should, should there be additional protocols that are adopted, and especially as it seems like almost, you know, every so often, every week, every month, you know, what have you, there's another data breach that's being reported in the news, and it's usually of significant proportions. You also um, may want to consider screening of employees that have access to sensitive data. And when I say screening, I mean heightened screening to see if that employee you know, should have access to, to sensitive data. Now, with respect to an employee leaving a company and, you know, other than retrieving the hardware and, and or phones and making sure that the data has been removed, how to, how to handle a situation when an employee, you know, separates uh, voluntarily, involuntary, what have you, or, or is terminating their employee with the company. So you want to pay special attention to this event as well. So in the separation process, uh, it's a good idea to reiterate the company's data policy and require that the employee return all protected information, return the laptop, return the phone, return the access cards, and you want to make sure that the passwords, of course, the credentials are all turned off from the network and the web portals. You may want to consider having the employee sign a written confirmation that they have complied with the policy on returning all private information and, and company hardware, and they have not knowingly violated the, the company's data policy. So those are some of the best practices that those in human resources should consider. And in addition to the employee education, training, policies, and procedures, HR should keep abreast on legal compliance issues, including your own state statutes regarding data protection. As of late 2015 anyway, there were at least 33 states that have either introduced or considered introducing through bills or resolutions uh, security breach notification laws and, and or they've amended their laws on security breach that would require the reporting of, of a breach and significant penalties if, if that is, is not done. But some of the some of the federal laws that, that HR should be aware of that deal with employee protected data, the Americans with Disabilities Act, for example, the ADA, that applies in the sense that employers must protect privacy and confidentiality of the medical information that's being provided for or by those with a with a disability. Also, ERISA, that's short for the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, requires plan sponsors, such as in, in employers that, that are plan sponsors, 
to maintain participant records and there's limitations on those disclosures and how that information should be maintained in Transposed. And then there's HIPAA, which I'm sure a lot of people are aware of in HR. In addition to ERISA and the ADA, HIPAA, Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, that addresses privacy and security of personal identifiable health information, or PHI. HIPAA also has security and privacy rules that limit how this health information is disclosed, who can have access to it. Uh, it actually has a lot of protocols that covered entities and business associates need, need to follow. And generally speaking, the privacy rule under HIPAA is only going to apply to health plans, health care clearinghouses, and health care providers, but it can apply to employers to the extent that they somehow are operating in one or more of those capacities. And, and the privacy rule, it, it, it limits how the PHI is disclosed and who can have access to it. And so it's, it requires a very, very basic form uh, covered entities to have appropriate protocols in place for physical and technical safeguards, confidentiality, and, and protocols to maintain the integrity and availability of this information. So if, if an employer has any kind of health clinic operations available to its employees that provides a self-insured health plan for its employees or somehow acts as the intermediary between its employees and health care providers or, as mentioned, it, it's operating as a health plan or a clearinghouse or, or whatnot, well, then it will find itself handling the type of PHI that is protected by the HIPAA privacy rule. So HR will want to make sure that certainly that those protocols are being followed and that the, the privacy rule is, is not being breached. Now, if HIPAA does apply, there's data breach and notice requirements that are uh, enforced through the Department of Health and Human Service Office. And so that's all in addition to state law. And so many of these laws differ in terms as to how the PHI is defined and who has to be notified and the timing and the content and the notices among all those differences. So, you know, these are these are areas where, you know, HR will need to be, you know, keep keep abreast of the situation, certainly consult with your legal counsel to make sure that HR is complying with the relevant laws, whether it's state and federal and, and or both. But at the end of the day, when it comes to data breaches and security incidents, safe to say no corporation is going to be immune from cyber attacks, unfortunately, or attempted cyber attacks. And while human resources doesn't need to be a subject matter expert on IT issues, and data security breaches. They do need to be aware of what qualifies as sensitive information and the types of security procedures for protecting data. And this is going to be essential to the business and will help 
prevent breaches because, as mentioned earlier, when a breach occurs, it could be fairly substantial, and you know, and, until it's determined what the level of the breach is and how it happened, you know, certainly there there can be a lot of concern, as there should be, in in, in panic in, in some situations, and. If that could have been avoided through the anticipation and proper procedures, policies, training, education, and protocols, as well as being adept and keeping up to date on the relevant laws, then you know certainly that that's always a, a better strategy. So I hope this podcast was helpful, and I'm going to conclude and just say that if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me at my email address, which is scolumbo, C-O-L-O-M-B-O, at littler.com. And so with that, I'm going to thank you very much. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers, addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.